Hello and welcome to Travelosophy, a podcast about life lessons learnt from travel, designed to inspire you to get out and see the world, whilst also providing the information you need to do so, which is ultimately going to change your life. I'm your host, Jay Jackson, and if you're new to the podcast, I suggest listening to episode one, which gives you some background info on how travel became a central part of my life. But long story short, I've explored over 55 countries, worked as a travel agent, a tour guide, a teacher of travel and tourism, issuer of airline tickets, and I also helped iconic New Zealand tourism activities to increase online sales, and now writer, podcaster, and photographer. So in other words, I know travel. In today's episode, I'm going to take you to Alaska in northwestern USA. I'd always wanted to visit Alaska having seen numerous wildlife documentaries from David Attenborough and also on National Geographic, and it certainly didn't disappoint. Although, Alaska is one of those destinations that you probably want to plan it a little better than I did. I was on a three-month trip, traversing USA, and Alaska was towards the end. I flew into Anchorage and stayed at the YHA Hostel. I remember arriving after a reception had closed late at night, but there was a post-it note on the door telling me which room I was in and to sort out payment in the morning. I kind of wish I'd kept that note because it was so welcoming. Anyway, Anchorage is a flat town, quiet and slow-paced, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's the kind of town where I was just happy to grab a coffee and wander. I remember I spent hours in an amazing second-hand bookshop. I can't remember the exact name, but there's a couple of good bookshops in Anchorage. C&M is one. Wave is another, it was also a fascinating place for people watching downtown. Although one strange memory that I was just telling someone the other day was I went to the library to look for some books on local history and to check my emails and they had the fastest internet speed I've experienced anywhere in the world. Like as soon as you hit enter, boom, there's the webpage with virtually no lag time. Although the main reason I was drawn to Alaska was because of the singer Jewel. If you haven't heard of her, she's a mostly indie acoustic guitar player, singer-songwriter from the town of Homer in Alaska. She's released a bunch of albums and each one is totally different to the previous one. Amongst her back catalogue, you'll find a pop album, a country, children's lullabies, a Christmas one, and of course one of my favourites, an entire album of just poetry. I remember when I was travelling, I'd listened to her poetry album on my Discman many evenings whilst I was in bed. This was pre-podcasting days, and I found it really comforting. So I arrived in Alaska, conveniently, a few days after Denali National Park had closed down for winter, which is one of the key attractions. Not only this, but because everything was shutting down for winter, there was no transport around. So my only option was to hitchhike because I didn't have a license at this stage. And that was recommended by pretty much everyone I spoke to in the hostel. Of course, for legal reasons, I can't promote hitchhiking. All I can talk about is my experiences. It also should be noted that in many states in America, it is illegal to hitchhike. But the time I was there, Alaska was a different set of circumstances in that it was illegal for someone not to pick a hitchhiker up. Because the roads are so isolated, and pretty much everywhere is bear country, and of course in winter it gets ridiculously cold, drivers can be fined if they don't pick you up. Almost like being an accessory to murder if something were to happen to you. 
The longest I waited for a ride was about 15 minutes. The first ride out of Anchorage took me over halfway to Homer. And the next ride, a 16-year-old girl saw me, but was driving in the opposite direction. So she dropped her friends off, made them catch the bus the rest of the way home, turned around just to pick me up, and was basically driving out of her way out of town just to chat to a foreigner. I distinctly remembered she played Christian death metal music and drove for about 40 minutes out of town and then was like, oh crap, I forgot to get petrol. If I don't turn around now, I won't make it back. So I thanked her for the ride, hopped out, to then realise I was standing on a straight stretch of highway, surrounded by nothing but mountains and trees, and everywhere in Alaska is potentially bare country. I waited 15 minutes without seeing a single car. It was then I started to doubt my decision. I got to thinking, okay, I have a sleeping bag, I have some food in my bag, I guess worst case scenario, I might have to sleep in the woods tonight. Luckily, the first car I saw stopped to pick me up. He was a hunter who lived in a lodge in the wilderness. He came out twice a year to pick up supplies, and I was the first person he had encountered. Unsurprisingly, he didn't speak much, and we drove most of the way in silence, which was fine by me, but he dropped me right at the front door of the guest house I was staying at, so I really appreciated that. Whatever you hear or think about Americans, you can't judge them by their politics. They are wonderful and incredible people, and some of my best friends are Americans. So I stayed two nights in the town of Homer, which is basically just a few tiny streets, a supermarket, and a couple of cafes overlooking a bay, and on the other side there's incredible mountains with snow and a glacier. I spent most of my time just going for walks, exploring the little galleries, and I'm not sure whether it's because of Jewel, or Jewel is a result of Homer's beauty, but there's a lot of artists who live in Homer. There's also a long spit, and I remember walking along it, and at the time it was like never ending, and it was raining the day I was walking along it. But If you're there on a nice day, it gives perfect 360-degree views of the mountains and glacier on the other side of the bay. I remember by my second day in Homer, people were waving at me and beeping in the street because they'd already run into me a few times, so therefore I was as good as local. I stayed in a beautiful guest house, which, after staying in hostels for months on end, was a really nice relief to have my own room and a proper bed. I honestly cannot remember the name, and it may not even be around still, but if you look at the Homer website, homeralaska.org, there is plenty of accommodation options these days, including hotels at the end of the spit. I like to think of Homer as quintessential Alaska. On the other side of the peninsula is Seward, possibly an even smaller town, but famous for wildlife cruises, with adorably cute sea otters, orcas, seals and bird life. The day I went there was a huge storm in the morning and so many cruises had been cancelled. I just happened to walk past one boat that was about to leave trying to fill space and who offered a discount and I was like sure I'd like to see orcas. The funny thing is the seas were really rough from the storm and the majority of people on the cruise were out the back spewing up but I was totally fine. I was up the front holding onto the bow as the boat jumped over waves, sometimes free-fall landing 5 or 6 metres or 20 feet below. We saw a few smaller pods on the way out to sea, 
And when we came back in the afternoon, they all merged into a massive pod of about 30 or 40 orcas. If you've ever wanted to see orcas, see them in the wild, not captivity. I had this incredible photo of low storm clouds hanging just above the shore with half a dozen orca dorsal fins silhouetted against it. It's really hard photographing whales and dolphins from a boat because it's moving, they're moving, they come up for a second to breathe then they go back under. But if you look at the last place they went under and then anticipate in advance where they'll come up a few metres ahead and be ready looking through the viewfinder, make sure you've got a fast shutter speed set up, then eventually you should manage to grab a decent shot. There was not much else in Seward besides wildlife cruises, so it was nice after travelling for months to just have some chill-out time in the hostel and read, write postcards. I think I even watched a movie. I also met this Brazilian guy who had rented a car, and I mentioned I had to get back to Anchorage to catch my flight. And he said, no worries, you can come with me. When do you need to leave? And I said, well, my flight is at midnight, the 20th of September, and today's the 19th, so we can go tomorrow. His only stipulation was that I fill up his tea as he drove. I was, however, bitterly disappointed to arrive at the airport at 10pm, only to be told, I'm sorry, sir, you missed your flight. You should have been here last night. Of course, 24-hour time, as soon as it becomes midnight, it's now the next day. So in actual fact, to fly on the 20th, I needed to get there on the 19th. Such a simple and easy mistake, and yet one that fools many travellers. I was on standby that night. Apparently I had a good chance because I was a frequent flyer, but alas, I just missed out. I was also on standby for the next flight as well. Because I was on standby, my bag had already been checked in, so at least I had one less thing to worry about. But by the time I found out I didn't make the flight, it was too late to get a hotel. So I ended up sleeping in Anchorage Airport. It's never nice sleeping in an airport especially when we got kicked out by security at 4am. I remember waiting for like an hour in the freezing morning for a bus back into town. I ended up hanging out in a nearby shopping mall for most of the day. I think I saw like three movies, although I remember sleeping through at least one of them. And there was a library, so I could catch up on emails. Long story short, I did manage to get on the flight the next day, though the plane was delayed. Then by the time we boarded, it was like 2am, and as soon as I sat down, I fell asleep. Like, I wasn't even awake for takeoff. And then I awoke again as we landed in Seattle or something like 5am. Of course, there's plenty of other incredible sites in Alaska, including Mount McKinley, the Inside Passage, Denali National Park. Unfortunately, lesson learned, I didn't get to see them all because basically, I didn't plan my trip. There is also a regular ferry service through the Inside Passage, but it's infrequent, and I missed the only one that left around the time I was in Alaska. So... As much as I love to travel open-ended and just figure out my trip as I go along, giving me room to make changes if something pops up or to stay longer in a place I particularly love, there are some trips that do require pre-planning. Especially places that are remote, inaccessible, with limited transport options. I had a similar experience in Iceland, but that's a whole other podcast. If I visited Alaska again, I definitely want to hire a car. Ideally a camper van or RV, so I could just pull off the road if I found somewhere nice and be self-sufficient. But for incredible scenery, friendly locals and easy access wildlife, you can't beat Alaska. 
probably the weirdest part about recording this episode. I'm not sure if I've mentioned in other podcast episodes, but or in other stories. My sister's name is actually Alaska. And the reason for that is whilst I was traveling America, my mum had always wanted to visit Alaska and she was supposed to meet up with me. And unfortunately, she couldn't because she was pregnant with my sister. And after many arguments, the only name that everyone agreed on was Alaska. There's plenty of flights from major US cities with Alaskan Airlines into Anchorage, along with cruises through the Inside Passage with all major cruise companies. However, an alternate method is Eva Air, which is an airline from Taiwan, alongside Japan Airlines, who both have flights to Anchorage, which from Australia or New Zealand would make a nice option to fly via Taiwan or Tokyo, instead of having a transit through LA. That's it. Just a short show today, apologies. Uh, But last week I actually found out a very close friend of mine who lives in Chicago died a few weeks ago. So... As you could imagine, everything is kind of in turmoil at the moment. But I'll talk more about her next episode. As being a traveller, having a friend overseas die and not know was one of my worst fears realised. However, for today, that's the end of this episode of Travelosophy. Thank you so much for listening. If you wish to say hi, please tweet me at jdkinsjackson. Visit my website, jjackson.com.au to find past episodes. And if you haven't already, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye now.